Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. are serving in Shanghai, China as senior pastors at Shanghai Community Fellowship, which is an international church in the heart of Shanghai, China. To date, their church has welcomed people from over a hundred nations to its Sunday worship services. Please welcome the Kukows as they share with us today. And Calvary, would you please give Dale Kukow a big welcome this morning? Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. We are honored that you are our guest, uh, one of our guests here today as we start our mission summit. Pastor Bill, this is a big week. This is a great week. Uh, this is an annual event that we host here at Calvary because we believe in the Great Commission and that all of us have a responsibility uh, in that. Uh, our mission summit across the street and around the world. Hopefully when you came into service today, you received this card and on one side of the card, is a schedule of the different missions events taking place uh, throughout the week, and we'll tell you more about those throughout the morning today. <clears throat> Excuse me. On the other side of the card, uh, you'll see uh, our missionary guest. We are honored uh, to have a missionary guest from every region of the world that we partner with. Nine different regions, so that means we have nine different missionaries today. Uh, you won't hear them in this service today, but throughout the week, uh, you'll hear from all of them. And so we are thrilled uh, to have uh, Dale with us today, uh, serving in Shanghai, China. And uh, the name Dale Kukow may be familiar to some of us because the road to China actually went straight through Northwest Ohio, didn't it? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, my family and I, we lived here uh, uh, 1995 to 1999. We lived off the trail on Beverly Drive. And uh, I was a pastor in uh, Perrysburg during that time. And you know, I was thinking uh, between the two, two services, I was also involved in Convoy of Hope. Convoy of Hope came, I think it was 99. 98. I was yeah. 98. I yeah, led the yeah, way yeah. for that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot about that's that. Right. So yeah, so, so this was home. So you know this area. We know this area. Yeah. What most of us don't know is life in China. Tell us about it. Yeah, right. So you know, China, of course, I'm sure most of us know, is like the world's largest country. It's 1.4 billion people. So I think when you think China, you think just large numbers. Uh, I live in Shanghai, and that's a city of 28 million people. So, uh, you know, for example, I take, I've been telling people, I take a, a metro, I take the subway a lot. So I live on the western side of the city. Uh, I can get on the subway, ride for an hour and a half going east, come out of the subway, and I'm still in Shanghai. Wow. So it's that, it's that big. It's just, it's mammoth. It's huge. Wow. Yeah, that's not quite life off the trail. It's not off the yeah. trail. It's not life that's, off the trail. That's a little bit different. So in your role, I think for a lot of us, we, we might not understand your role as, as a pastor in an international church. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah, so, you know, of course, the city of Shanghai is one of just a, a two or three cities in Shanghai that are in China that are their gateway cities. So if you're going to come into China, you're going to land in, in one of these two or three cities. Uh, Shanghai is also home to many international companies. They have their headquarters there. So uh, like our church, uh, there's over 100 different countries represented uh, in our church, of course, including China. And uh, so we deal with people from all over the world. Uh, just, just, to, and it's very transient as well. People stay on average maybe two or three years, uh, and then they move on to a different place. So, yeah. And so, you know, when you when you mention that, I guess as a pastor, my mind starts going, 
a hundred different nations in one church. How, how do you do that? Yeah, you know, it, uh, I mean, on a practical level, for example, uh, our Sunday services are in English, but then we have small groups in multiple languages. So we kind of help to accommodate that people. And, and you know, uh, we find that people, at, whether, um, uh, you know, as they're coming into China, uh, someone who's not Chinese, but, or, or returning, what they call someone coming back because they, they were born there. And, you know, they all, they all have very similar experiences. Shanghai is a very dynamic city, uh, just going 100 miles an hour. Um, and, but often people kind of, they kind of hit a wall uh, when they move there and, and they can often become very lonely. And so of course there's major cross-cultural differences between 100 different countries. But loneliness is a, a common human experience. And, and that's usually the time when we encounter people. They've, they've kind of hit the wall uh, they're, uh, they're lonely and they're just looking for something. Just there's, and a lot of times, literally, they're saying, you know, there's got to be more to life than just working 70 hours a week and, and just making as much money as I possibly can. You know, they're, and they start asking those kinds of questions in what is to them a foreign country. Uh, so they're a little shaken by all that. Um, and, and sometimes they, they come to us because they know we're a church. But also other times they come to us because they, we, all they know is we're a gathering place of internationals. They don't even know we're a church, but they think, maybe there's some answers there for me. Uh, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, the, the body of Christ in China, especially the international church, is, is like, a, and this is kind of old school, it's kind of like a lighthouse. You know, it just, it just it attracts people. One of the things that's, that's always helpful for me in a week like this, when we have a summit week like this, is, is to hear stories like that and realize that no matter where you are in the world, you know, we, we often, and, and we, we do this a lot, I think even the, the, the climate in our own country right now, where we can, we can separate people out based on their cultures or their background, their ethnicity, but in, in, in the church there really proves this. No matter where you are in the world, people have the same needs. People have the same um, experiences. The other thing that's interesting is when we have guests in a week like this, mm. I think oftentimes we forget that, that you have the same experiences. I know when, when we asked you earlier, you, you shared how we can pray for you and your family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very thing that so many of us, we're, we're, we're in some of those same spots. Yeah. But when we pray for you, it's a powerful thing. Tell us about your family. Yeah, so uh, my wife Becky and I have been married for 36 years. And uh, we have two daughters. Uh, our oldest daughter is 22 and the younger one is 16. And, and actually Becky and Gracie, our 16-year-old, they're in Shanghai right now. Um, uh, she's in school, so she's doing that thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a unique season for your family. How can we pray for you? Yeah, so it is a unique season for us because we, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I remember leaving. Uh, we're the sandwich generation, right? Or I'm, I'm part of that. So I remember what, almost 20 years ago leaving Ohio. I'm from Ohio originally. Leaving my parents. Uh, uh, my parents are still living, and uh, I'm staying with them actually right now. Uh, but uh, leaving my parents to go to China, and now we flipped that around, and we're leaving our 22-year-old daughter here in the United States while we return to China. So it's a different season for us, and, and it's, a, it's a place for us to pray. We're learning how to become the parents of adult children and also leaving one of those children behind. I know a lot of folks can relate to that. 
And I would encourage you in your own experience to pray for the Kukau family. That's a, yeah. that's an interesting time. And yeah. we'll, we'll encourage you after service, stop by the tables that are in the atrium, pick up a prayer card. We want to join you in praying and want to say thank you for what you do. We are honored to partner with you in this and excited to see how God's uh, using the church to meet people right where they are. Yes. Calvary, can you show your support for the Kukau family today? Yeah, right. served in the pro-life movement for eight years and specifically in a pregnancy center setting since 2013. She now serves as the executive director of the Pregnancy Center of Greater Toledo in Toledo, Ohio. Being a bridge for our community to love the women the center serves is one of her greatest passions. Please welcome Savannah as she shares with us today. Yeah, mission starts across the street and then goes around the world. And uh, we have the privilege to partner with the Pregnancy Center here in Toledo. Savannah Martin is the executive director. And Savannah, it's great to have you with us today here at Calvary. And uh, thank you for serving on the front lines of life and death on behalf of of children. And so uh, we are grateful to partner with you. And uh, we know it's a unique role, a unique responsibility. Share with us today uh, some of the challenges that you face, that the ministry faces. You know, it's interesting because probably now more than ever, um, just the issues surrounding um, abortion are such a, it's such a taboo um, subject and, um, you know, a subject that people rarely fall kind of on a neutrality line. Um, And uh, so, you know, stepping into a really, really hard and, and very, very polarizing conversation comes with a lot of unique challenges. But one of the things, you know, and for, for me and for those of us at the pregnancy center, I think there's just this culture of we don't know any different because the Bible says, you know, that Jesus has this conversation. And, um, you know, through the revelation of Jesus Christ, he says, on that revelation, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And so for us at the center, I don't think that we know any different than going to the, you know, the literal gates of hell um, with the understanding that Jesus always has victory in those places. And, you know, we talked a little bit about in the first service, you know, one of the most encouraging things to me is, you know, we can turn on any place that gives us information and become very discouraged. But from where I am sitting, this is absolutely an encouraging time. And um, that that Jesus, especially in our community, is doing so much um, through the center. We're seeing, you know, partnerships in very unlikely places. Um, we're seeing that we have the ability to share the message of not only life for unborn children, but also that Jesus desires abundant life for every single person. That every single person has, you know immeasurable value and worth placed on them by the creator. So it's our good privilege not only to do that at the pregnancy center with women who are walking through unintended pregnancies, but also anywhere we go in the community, we're able to say to every single person that your life matters, that you are valuable, and there's a creator that cares and loves for you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so uh, share with us some great uh life change stories that you've had a chance to be a part of or the ministry, uh, the center? There are so, so 
so, so many. Um, so most of the people here at Calvary, and we talked about this last night, Calvary was actually one of the very first churches that got on board with the Pregnancy Center um, almost 34 years ago, 1984. And so, I mean, what a tremendous legacy that this church has really to have been journeying with us since almost day one. And, um, you know, through that relationship, most people are familiar with the services that we provide at our limited medical clinic through intake appointments and ultrasounds, parenting classes. And I am thrilled um, to be able to share that um, when women come to our center and they're either considering abortion or there are risk factors to potentially lead to an abortion decision, that over 90% of those women make a life-affirming decision after having an ultrasound at the pregnancy center, which is huge. The even better news is, it is awesome, the even better news is, is that just last week we had a brand new ultrasound delivered to our center. Um, and this ultrasound has 3D and 4D capability. Um, if you've seen an ultrasound on 2D, it looks kind of like a fuzzy peanut. It's really hard to tell what is what <laughs> on the ultrasound. And um, But with this 3D, 4D capability, I walked into a center in Dayton, Ohio, and saw an ultrasound on a 3D, 4D ultrasound machine. And I said, I don't care how much that costs. I need to have one of those. <laughs> um, it is undeniably a human being. And our prayer is, is that, that God would use those pictures. And why not? 100%. Why not 100% life-changing decision in that place? And so that's what we're praying for. And then um, what you may not know is we have two other ministries that kind of are under the umbrella of the Pregnancy Center. And one of those is Soul Purpose, which is our all-female student Christian organization at the University of Toledo. And for us, this is really an upstream approach to um, you know, solving the issues and the systemic issues that, that cause women to make abortion decisions is that if we can raise women up on college campuses and their value and their worth and their identity through Jesus Christ, then their, cha their, their chances of walking into a pregnancy center or an abortion facility drastically reduce. And sole purpose is taking off like a wildfire. Um, we serve about 45 women in a weekly Bible study. We do them two times a week. And actually, I didn't get a chance to share this at our first uh, service, but we are working with a pregnancy center in Tiffin to actually launch Soul Purpose at Tiffin University and really looking at, is this something that is duplicatable across uh, college campuses um, in the United States? So that's super exciting. And then our newest ministry is The Haven. And this is our after abortion care program because what we have realized um, is that God is the same God for women who are walking into an abortion facility for, as he is for women who are walking out. And, and the pro-life community, unfortunately, does very, very little for women who have walked through that decision. Um, and if they are struggling, many times they don't feel like they have safe places. And you know, we talked about the statistics yesterday that one out of every two to three women sitting in a church on Sunday morning has walked through that. And, and that means there are a lot of really hurting women in our community. And so it's our good privilege. Um, our, our after abortion care program is actually right next door to the abortion facility in Toledo. So that makes for a really wild and interesting <laughs> ministry. But here's the reality. We learned a really humble lesson when we opened that place um, because Jesus told us 
after we got there that he took us there to teach us how to love our neighbors as ourselves. And it's been incredibly humbling. Um, we have the opportunity to send lunch over to the abortion facility and just love on the people that work there because they are not our enemy. Um, they are loved, in, you know, created by their creator. And so it's just our good privilege to not only love on women who have walked through that, that decision, but also to be good neighbors to our neighbors. Wow, wow. Exciting things happening. Can we do this? Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you. We didn't get to do this at the last yeah. service, and this card is sitting here to remind us. So, you know, based on what we just talked about, you know, in that statistic, we know that there are women in this church who have walked through um, an abortion. And I would be remiss to not let you know that we would love to be able to walk alongside of you in that journey. You are not alone, and we want to be a part of whatever God is doing and wants to do in your life. And so in the bathroom, um, there are these little purple cards. You can grab one, slip it in your pocket, slip it in your purse. And if you know somebody that's made that decision, why don't you grab one of those cards um, and let them know that there is a ministry in our city specifically to help walk them through what Jesus wants to do in their life. Amen. 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 Yes. Um, <laughs> you are on a front line yeah. in our backyard. Yeah. yeah. And on behalf of this church yes. and this city, thank you for your passion, yes. you. your innovation, yes. and your courage Amen. to save lives. Thanks, and man. we are honored to stand with you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so after, after the service today, all of our missionary guests are in the atrium. They're hosting a table. Uh, stop by and uh, find out how you can get more involved at the Pregnancy Center. Men can get involved too, right? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Um, we are actually in the process of um, looking at some cool opportunities that will even increase our opportunity to um, have men serve with us. Absolutely. But yes. So uh, do that, and uh, it's a privilege, Savannah, to partner with you and the center. Let's say thank you to Savannah today. have been missionaries in the Caribbean region for 30 years. They spent 25 years in the country of Jamaica. They planted churches, helped start Teen Challenge, and established the City of Refuge Children's Home. They presently work with the Caribbean School of Theology, training and mentoring leaders in eight different Caribbean countries. Please welcome Steve and Kim as they share with us today. Well, Kim, it is a privilege to have you with us. I know Steve is actually ministering in South Carolina today, but will be with us the rest of the week. Yes. And you told us first service that even though he's gone, we got... The better half. Come on. <laughs> yes. Uh, Honey, I didn't say that. Yeah. He doesn't need to know. Or he already does know. Well, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. We are honored in uh, 30 years in missions. Yeah. We are honored to stand with you 25 years in Jamaica. I know mm -hmm. you've probably heard the eye rolls before when people go, oh, 25 years mm -hmm. in Jamaica. Exactly. How do yeah. I sign up for that? Exactly, right? You know? yeah. But the truth is, talk about some, some frontline ministry. Tell us a little bit about those 25 years in Jamaica. Well, you know, uh, most people don't realize, I mean, most of those countries, if you've been to the Caribbean all, you, you know, there's, they have the wonderful resorts that are on the beach. But when you get behind there, you realize how the real people live. And it is typical third world country, very, a lot of poverty, a whole lot of, very small, high income, very large, low income living. 
And uh, those 25 years that we spent in Jamaica mainly was with church planting, but also teaching Bible school. But the last 12 years, we worked with high-risk children and rescued abandoned and uh, homeless children. And uh, just a huge, huge need in that whole area. And now God has put you in a really unique spot in a, in a training capacity. Tell us about mm-hmm. that. Well, through our experience with working with high-risk children, the Lord just showed us the huge need in the area to be able to train leaders and pastors, uh, to be able to do what we were doing on a much wider scale than what we were doing. So God just burdened our heart, and we transitioned from the City of Refuge, and now we work with what's called the Caribbean School of Theology, which is an on-site Bible school program for we are for many countries we are their Bible school but not only that most of our programs are a three-year program so we come in as Caribbean School of Theology and we bring them if the pastors want their BA if they want to finish and get a degree or also a master's we can take them beyond that so uh, not only that but any type of training they need for their area we're able to offer them and one of the things that I think is really important if, if you're not familiar with Calvary we're, we're a part of a group of churches called the Assemblies of God mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that we're so thankful to be a part of this fellowship of churches is in the area of missions yes. and to partner with those that are missionaries all over the world through the assemblies of God and making a huge difference. And one of the one of the principles is that that's really important to us. We talk about the indigenous church. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that for a lot of us, we, we tend to have this idea that when we think about missions and we think about reaching the world, mm-hmm. we have this kind of little mindset where we go, well, it must be those of us who are in the United States who go out and then reach other people. But mm-hmm. the whole idea of the indigenous church is raising up the church in those places yes. to impact their communities. And yes. you're seeing that firsthand. Yes, and I, I, it's just, I mean, I've seen it full circle at this point where the people that were in our churches became our Bible school students and now are becoming our leaders and our pastors and, and are directing our countries, you know. But we realize, we, I mean, we have to work ourselves out of a job. We are not permanent fixtures in the country we live. We are there just to help facilitate others, to help them grow and to blossom and learn, become the leaders and the people that God wants them to be because we understand that you know uh, as much as I want to be a part of the culture and I love them dearly I am not one of them so I have to be able to give what I can and just release them to the kingdom and let God just use them and bless them and there's another really cool side to what you and Steve Mm -hmm. uh, are finding God putting you right in the middle of right now not just training up leaders but literally going into new places. You, you used some initials with me earlier. Yes. That sometimes when we talk about missions, you'll hear people talk about a UPG. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. That means unreached people groups are people who had never heard the name of Jesus. And that's pretty, I mean, just think about that. I mean, there are so many places that have still never heard. Uh, through one of our students who actually had a burden to go back into Suriname, into the jungles of Suriname, up the Amazon base, and the Lord laid that on her heart. She had the opportunity to get, connect with a particular village called the Saramakan. And through her connection, the, the leader, the elder there, he, he's 83 years old, and he said, before I die, I would love for you to build a church in our village because I know you. it will bless us if you will do this. Talk about an open door. Never had a church. So now it's just a privilege to be able to partner with that and build the first church in an unreached people group that are animist. I mean, they're, they are demon. I mean, they're, I mean, they won't even, they won't let her live in the community yet because they say she troubles the demons too much. So she has to, she has Man. to. <laughs> Put that on your business card. That's awesome. <laughs> 
know a lot. We're like, yes. So we're actually going to even build her a home attached to the church that we've already helped build. So we're really excited. That, so she'll have a place to live while she works there. So that's pretty cool. Boy, to have that said of you. I know. That you trouble the demons yeah, too much. I'm telling you, that's awesome. <laughs> Put that on your bucket list. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Kim, Kim, one last thought. 30 years of missions. Mm-hmm. You've, you've seen, I mean, we, we take this time every year because mm-hmm. we believe mm-hmm. that when the local church mm-hmm. partners with people that God is sending mm-hmm. to special places mm-hmm. and we pray and we give and we go, mm-hmm. that there's something important about that, that, mm-hmm. it, that, it's, that it's deep in the heart of God. Mm-hmm. From your perspective as a missionary, mm-hmm. can you just encourage us? Why is mm-hmm. the partnership between a church and a missionary so vitally mm-hmm. important? Because you are what carries us. We cannot, without your prayer, I mean, literally your prayer has carried us. When I think of the journey, you've woven through us through the entire journey. And, you know, uh, boy, you've seen us through unbelievable things. Many things known and unknown. Many victories. Many miracles. Every single miracle can be attributed to prayer of others. And I've had many people from churches will write me and say, what happened at this time or that time? You know, and it's amazing how God just uses you. You know, yes, we need your money to help us be there. But we need your prayer because it literally does carry the ministry and everything we do. And without it, we can do nothing. We can do nothing. Thank you for your long-term faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the internal investment that you've yeah. made in so many different yeah. ways. We are honored to partner with you and, and for sharing this with us. Because, Pastor Bill, this is, a, this is a fun week for us to, to figure out how all this happens. It, it really is. And on your schedule, you'll see there is all kinds of great events happening. For example, tomorrow night here at the church from 6.30 to, to 8 o'clock, uh, we're going to have what we call a taste of missions. Uh-huh, yeah, a, a taste yeah. of missions. And so our missionaries and our missions team here at Calvary are cooking up um, uh, an experience for you so that you can experience uh, some of the food from some of the countries that are being represented uh, this week. So join us for an open house tomorrow evening from 6.30 to 8 o'clock for a taste of missions. Kim, thank you. Can it I is, say one more thing? You sure can. <laughs> well, and I do want to say a big thank you. Uh, for your support. Uh, it's such an honor and a privilege to be here with you today. But I got a little chastised when I left here from the earlier service because I said, you didn't tell us what you're wearing or what this is you have on. We want to know. And this represents the Arawak Indians who are the indigenous people of the entire Caribbean. One of the only villages left is in the country of Suriname. And they gave this to my husband to honor him. So it's very cool. Very honored to wear this. And it's a privilege to minister to them. Awesome. Amen. Awesome. Kyrie, would you show your appreciation Scott and Susie Wiersma have been bringing God's redeeming love in Albania since 2009. Most recently, both are staff at International Protestant Assembly in the capital city, Tirana. Scott serves as the associate pastor, ministers in the Roma Food Program, and teaches at the Evangelical Theological College. Susie serves as the Women's and Children's Ministry Director. Please welcome Scott and Susie as they share today. It is such a privilege to welcome back to Calvary our missionary friends, and we call them friends from Albania because we've had a partnership uh, with Albania for about nine years. We've sent five teams. We've helped to build a church there, uh, helped to send kids to school, and that's where we met uh, the Wiersmas, Scott, and, and Susie. So would you welcome them back to Calvary today? 
Welcome back. Uh, and your sons, Caleb and Micah. And uh, so, uh, Scott, tell us about your journey to become missionaries to Albania. It's a process that God brought us through, and it really started in 1995 uh, when God put the, the seed of missions on our, on our, can I say, on our radar, and then brought us all the way through, and about six years later, came on staff part-time in a church. I say that because then God also provided two part-time jobs to keep food on the table, but in that time, training us and preparing us, and then God brought in 2007 missions to fruition and uh, spoke to me and God said I have more for you and he got my wife's attention there was a sign on the children's pastor's door that said be fishers of men not keepers of the aquarium so with that and then did you did you catch that <laughs> say that again be fishers of men not keepers of the aquarium wow that will preach so we were at a Chi Alpha convention, and God said, I called you to missions. So we started the process with the application. At the time, we had uh, two little girls, and they, because we're like, well, where are we going to go? And they said, wherever we go, can we ask God that if that family will have children, that we can minister with those children and play with them? And uh, we got a reply from Albania, from the Plagenhofs, and find out they had two girls, we had two girls, they had a son, we had a son, or the same ages, so we're like, ooh, maybe God's doing something here. Isn't that awesome? That's so cool. Albania. Do you know where Albania is? Uh, if you don't, go, uh, when you get home, go check it out and, and figure it out. But uh, uh, Susie, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know when I went nine years ago, when I went nine years ago, I'm like, we're going to Albania, Pastor Chad and I. I said, where is that? I mean, so, uh, uh, but uh, Susie, tell us about what you're doing in Albania. Sure. Um, Scott and I are, are both um, on staff at the International Protestant Assembly there. And Scott is the associate pastor there, and so he has a whole bunch of stuff that's um, many hats that he wears. Um, he helps in men's ministry. He's helping uh, with the, the Roma Gypsy program and helping uh, distribute food bags to them and do ministry with them. Uh, and he's also uh, in charge of a lot of the maintenance of the building. The building that we are in is from the time of communism. And so there are days that he spends hours walking around trying to find a place that might have the same light bulbs that, uh, that are being used because this stuff's so outdated. And, uh, and then he's been very involved in an outreach program, International Cafe, which we saw um, uh, uh, Iranian refugees recently that have started coming to that and having the opportunity for him to build relationships with them. I've had the great privilege of working with both the women and the children through the International Church. My first ministry, of course, is to my children. And so I homeschool um, both boys. We have two older girls, and uh, they're both on their own at this point. And then the boys I homeschool and then get a chance to get to the church and do ministry with the women and the children there. Now, Susie, you mentioned Roma, Roma Gypsies. Can you share with Calvary um, uh, about that people group? Sure. You know, Albania is one of the poorest countries in, um, in Europe. And within that, you know, where you have like 30... 34% of the people living below the poverty line, 6% of them living in extreme poverty. 
Um, you have the subculture of the Roma gypsies that are in Albania. They are the poorest of the poor. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them, you can't get jobs. They're very, uh, the Albanians are very prejudiced against them. Um, you're raised in this culture where all you do is beg. Um, they, a lot of them make their living off of going into the dumpsters um, and they pick out garbage, recyclables, anything that has value so they can resell it. The kids are valued to them because they bring in money. And so if you have a baby, other people might rent your baby so they can go out and beg. And so, you know, they, they keep the kids either extremely dehydrated or other means in order to keep the kids sleeping all day. So they, they make for good beggars. The kids spend most of their time on the street. Mm -hmm. they, don't want to they don't want shoes on the kids because they want them to look poor. If they're sick and they need medicine, they'll get the money for it, but they spend it on other things because if the kid gets healed, then they aren't going to bring in more money. So it's a very, very difficult people group. And then to reach them is difficult because to break that mindset, that poverty mindset, and teach them. And, and, and forgive me, but just again, this is the group that we ministered to as a church uh, several years ago. Um, the 50 kids that we partnered with, we sent them to school uh, for, for three years, and we helped to, to give them uniforms and school supplies, and we have helped to feed and helped to build the church in Fushkruya. Right. And again, that's the partnership we've had with, with Scott and Susie for, for these years, and it's been such an incredible privilege. And uh, Scott, tell us a little bit about the spiritual climate in Albania. It's really mixed. Uh, the vast majority uh, in Albania claim to be Muslim, uh, but then the younger generation are very much into secularism. They're trying to adopt into the Western culture, be it through you know the music videos, magazines, movies, etc. Uh, but they're tolerant of religion, a mix between the Orthodox, the Catholic, Islam, etc. So it really takes God's direction, the work of the Holy Spirit to get into their lives and ask them simply, can we pray with them? And truly what God's doing yeah. in their hearts. That's right. That's right. And, and Susie, I was, I was intrigued when we asked you in the last service, how can we pray for you? And, and, and I would encourage the church to listen carefully because I think this is so very... Do you remember? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell us, I mean, yes. how can we pray for you? You know, I, I think, you know, effectiveness is a big part of um, what we need in order to really have an impact in Albania. Um, it is hard ground there, um, as Scott talked about, there being such a secular mindset. And, um, and then just as we go about life, uh, we have seen such an increase in the marginalized people being drawn um, to the church and really to Scott. And as he just goes about life, and he really just kind of meets people as he goes about on the street and running into people, a lot of them have mental handicaps. And... Um, and that's a people group, again, that Albanians shun. They, they, they don't give them value. And Scott, taking the time to ask them their name um, and get to know them, and a lot of times he will go and he'll buy them something small to eat and, and just share the love of God and ask, you know, for, you know how can I pray for you and, and tell them about Jesus. And so it's just been such an amazing um, thing that we've seen, as we said, just going about life but being effective. Amen. Absolutely. And uh, regarding prayer, this coming Wednesday night, a part of our uh, events this week is what we call our Missions Connect. From 7 to 8.30, next door auditorium 2, we're going to take just some practical time and pray for our missionaries. So I would encourage you to be with us Wednesday evening. And by the way, today, our missionaries are ministering to our kids, to our students. Uh, they're jumping into some of our adult classrooms. And so we're keeping them very busy 
Thank you so much for your role this week. Scott and Susie, what a joy to partner with you. Thank, Thank you. you. Randy and Mary Jane Marin are U.S. home missionaries and are ministering to Middle Eastern refugees in Metro Detroit. Over 10,000 refugees have been resettled in the Metro Detroit area in the last few years. Randy and Mary Jane believe that God has been stirring in the nations in the Middle East. Please welcome the Marins as they share with us today. So again, across the street and around the world, we partner with missionaries here in Toledo and stateside. And uh, Randy and Mary Jane are some of the missionaries that we partner with stateside, Metro Detroit. And by the way, because of your faithfulness in giving to missions, uh, they're some of the newest missionaries that we've been able to take on for monthly support. So thank you. And so uh, Randy and Mary Jane, you were serving in, in, in the Detroit area as pastors and uh, something began to tug in your heart, Randy. Tell us about that. Well, first I want to say thank you to uh, Calvary Church for your uh, financial support, your prayer support of our ministry. Greatly appreciate that. Um, I was doing my daily Bible reading. Uh, I'd read this verse a number of times, but uh, this was the fall of 2016. Uh, Psalm 82, 3 and 4 says that we are to defend the poor and the fatherless, to do justice to the afflicted and needy, Deliver the poor and the needy, free them from the hand of the wicked. And when I read that, God just broke my heart for uh, Middle Eastern refugees uh, fleeing the war-torn areas in the Middle East. Um, and I began praying and weeping uh, uh, before the Lord and, and, and felt him uh, just ask me to devote my life uh, to showing his love uh, to these people. And so I prayed about that for a couple of weeks. Uh, then a, a young lady in our congregation came to me and she said, um, Pastor, I've been praying for you and uh, God has a word that he wants me to share with you and it's this. God wants you to know that that thing that you've been praying about, that burden you have, he wants you to know that he's got this and that you should trust him. And uh, I thank you very much. She would later go on to say, uh, Pastor, if I knew it would meant that you would have to leave the church, I would have never told you. <laughs> thank you for that. You've got to be faithful. And um, so I prayed about that for a couple more weeks, and uh, maybe a month went by. And uh, in the middle of the night, Jesus came to me in a dream, stood before me and said, this is the work that I have for you, and I will open the doors. Uh, so it became pretty clear to even me <laughs> that uh, God had a work that he wanted me to accomplish. And so that's the call that we had to, to serve and to love Middle Eastern refugees. Wow. And Mary Jane, how did you respond to, to what God was doing in Randy's heart? Well, when Jesus shows up, yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, you listen. And so I appreciated that. And, and actually, uh, a few years before that, um, in 2015, we were on a missions trip to Macedonia. And we were actually ministering to the uh, Roma Gypsy uh, wow. camp there uh, with missionaries in uh, Macedonia. And while there, we saw what we didn't know but found out were refugees walking, like carrying bags, suitcases, children, hauling things, walking alongside the main roads. And we're like, what, what's going on? And, and we were told that these were the refugees that had fled countries like um, 
Syria, Afghanistan, um, Iran, Iraq, I'm sorry. And, uh, and they, were, they had come up through the Mediterranean to uh, Greece, and now we're trying to walk through Macedonia. You know, uh, mission trips, we encourage missions trips here at Calvary. We encourage you to consider attending a missions trip. Next Sunday, uh, we'll be sharing with you uh, three potential trips in 2019 that you can be a part of. So we'll share that good news next week. But uh, Mary Jane, what does ministry to refugees look like? Well, for us, we're uh, endeavoring to build relationships and through that, um, share the love of Christ but the way that we build relationships is to show the love of Christ um, through uh, compassion ministries. We will provide um, needs when we find out that there is a resettlement or a need. We will um, provide through funding that we receive from churches like you and individuals that uh, commit to the ministry. We are uh, bring food and we get pots and pans and ministry items like that. Just recently, we had a need where the entire family of children needed shoes, and their shoes were worn far beyond anything that we would probably have our children wearing. And so we were able to take those children to the store through funds that were given to us and buy each of those children a pair of shoes. It was a lot of fun, but yeah. it was very, they, they were so appreciative. Beautiful. And uh, you know, the, the world is in our backyard now more than ever before. And so, Randy, what does, uh, well, why should we care for uh, Middle Eastern refugees? Well, I believe it's a, a response to God's love. Um, God calls uh, his followers, Jesus calls his followers um, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And who is our neighbor? He tells us in the parable, parable of the Good Samaritan that whenever we find someone in need, whenever we find uh, someone who's been battered by life and beaten and left for dead and marginalized and forgotten, that we're to care for those people and to show them Christ's love. And uh, he explicitly calls his followers to that, uh, as well as in Matthew 25, where he separates the, the goat or the unrighteous um, from the righteous, his sheep who hear his voice. And he tells the righteous that when, whenever he said, you've given me a cup of uh, water to drink when I was thirsty. You fed me when I was hungry. You visited me in prison. When I was a stranger, you took me in. And they said, when did we ever do that for you, Jesus? And he said, whenever you've done it to the least of these, you've, it's as if you've done it unto me. And uh, so he calls uh, Christ's followers to that. And uh, that's why we're involved. And, and I will just say that, uh, going off your story of the shoes, for... Uh, these are Muslim parents. They sent their kids with us. It takes a certain amount of trust for people to, for people to send their kids with us. And um, through your support and encouragement and help, we've been able to build relationships. And out of these relationships, we're bringing the gospel. We're showing the love of Christ and believing for God. So we have an opportunity Millions of people fleeing uh, areas that were closed to the good news, ending up in countries where the good news can be openly shared with them and they can openly receive. We have one of the most strategic opportunities, I believe, in the history of the church to reach people with the good news that we couldn't reach before.
through this refugee crisis. Amen, and what a privilege it is, and thank you for heeding God's call. And uh, uh, Calvary, another event this week, it's Friday night, so that you can hear more from missionaries like the Marins is, uh, we call it our, our dinner around the world. Uh, missions is all about good food, you know? So uh, um, what we're gonna do on Friday night is uh, uh, we're gonna have a progressive dinner. So you'll go and have a different course in a different room and hear a different missionary, okay? So that's what's happening Friday night at 6.30. Because of preparing a meal, we need to know that you're coming so you can sign up. You need to sign up for this event, you can stop at the hub, or you can sign up online, and uh, we'll look forward to a dinner around the world Friday night. Let's thank the Marins for being with us today. Our, our theme for this week is across the street, around the world. Un unpack that for us. What, why is that our focus? You know, many people and many churches believe that missions is one or the other. You can't do both. Well, that's why I love Calvary so much, because we understand that the Great Commission, uh, to help fulfill that, is to start in our backyard and then to take it to the end of the earth. And so we partner with approximately 25 local ministries and missionaries here in Toledo, another 25 missionaries that serve stateside, and then about 88 missionaries like the Sullivans who serve to the ends of the earth. We're committed to supporting and, and helping the missionary. We believe that's a good thing to do, that's a healthy thing to do, and uh, yeah, across the street and, and around the world. I think most of the congregation knows that your family is in a season of transition, um, preparing to transition from uh, your role here on staff at Calvary at the beginning of next year, lead pastor of Abundant Life Worship Center in Dumas, Arkansas. One of the things that you have been um, very, very open about is, is your desire as you step into this new role to introduce to, to that great church um, the beauty and the power of, of being involved in missions. Personally, why is that so important to you? Abundant Life Worship Center in Dumas, Arkansas, um, does not have a missions program yet. <laughs> um, so I have the privilege uh, to help lead this church, another church, in understanding um, what missions is all about. Missions is not something we do. It is our identity. And so I have the privilege to help another church understand that this can be their identity as well. In fact... I told the church board there that I could not come if I cannot uh, do missions. <laughs> and so it means a lot uh, for me to have this privilege uh, to, to um, empower another church. Whenever we have a, a day like this and we have the opportunity to hear a lot of different voices, a lot of different stories, I think for most of us, there's some way that we've been impacted in these last you know, 60 minutes or so. Um, if God has stirred something in our hearts and we don't want to just ignore it, if we don't want to just dismiss it, what do we do with what the Holy Spirit has spoken to us today? You know, it's important that we have opportunities in our life spiritually where we pause and we take a breather, where God allows us to get a, a, a perspective. And that's what Mission Summit is all about. This week, we're asking you to stop the busyness of your lives all your responsibilities, and you still have to work and all of that, I realize. Uh, uh, but uh, we need to stop and realize, what can I do? What is God calling me to do in regards to missions? Uh, pray as I give, as I go, as I encourage and support other missionaries. And so I would encourage you to prayerfully 
take what you are sensing in your heart even now. Attend some of the events uh, this week. Next Sunday, we'll wrap up our week by challenging all of us regarding how we should be in in regards to missions. And so uh, be open to what God wants to do in your life this week. Pastor Bill, we'll, uh, we'll have time to be mushy in the, in the next couple months, but thank you for your leadership, for your passion, for helping us as a church um, pursue this as our identity and what God has called us to. I'm going to go ahead and, and release you and our missions guests um, to head on out to the atrium. I hope that before you leave today, you will stop by, pick up some prayer cards from some of the guests that we've had today. And you go, why, why give this time? Why is this so important? Quick scripture just to think about. Matthew chapter 9. Jesus is talking to the the disciples here, and here's what he says. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, watch this, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. A couple of things just, just to note there. It says that the people were harassed and helpless. Anybody read any headlines? Like we live in a world today where there is a, a lack of leadership and where there is so much distress. I mean, when we've heard it today from, from our own town to parts in the world where you can't even speak the name of Jesus openly, and there are people who need to know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus says, because there are so many people who are open and ready to hear, he encourages us. He says, you ask that God will send out laborers to the harvest field. Pray that God will send out workers. And so we do that. We pray and we give and we go. Here's the thing I want to challenge you to open up your mind to, that sometimes the prayers that we pray, God wants to use us to answer and that he wants to stir in our hearts that missions isn't just something that we talk about, you know, in October and, and make it a focus. It's something that God wants to stir in your heart. And, I, and I'm, I'm confident that for some of you, there's a very real challenge that's stirring inside of you. This, this is, it might not be the first time. This might be the next step that God is working in you and saying, there is something unique that I have in store for you to do. Maybe right here in Toledo, it may be a sacrifice that, that, that you've just kind of sat on for a while and that God is just stirring in your life what he wants you to do. Be open to being obedient and watching God use you to impact lives for eternity. And so, Father, thanks for this week. Thanks for these guests. Thanks for these activities. Lord, I pray that for each one of us, you would help us to not be um, distant and to not be silent and to not be indifferent, but God, that you would open up our hearts so that, Lord, through this week, you would stir something eternal in us. God, stories like we've heard today of where in just a moment you, you can steer us and change our hearts. Lord, when your spirit speaks, may we be obedient and open to pray and to give and to go so that people can experience the life change that only happens through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Would you send us out with your special favor and with your wonderful peace? In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.